Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 287. I am your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful Danny Brown, and he is returning to us. And you may remember him from a previous episode, the Myriad and My Home Group. He is a real estate agent and also an owner and just all around great guy. We had a fun time chatting with him and getting an update on what's happening in the real estate market. He's always a good person to talk to about this kind of stuff, and I always learn something. So we hope that you guys enjoy this episode as always you can catch every episode of finding arizona podcast at our website finding arizonapodcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so connect with us at all of our social media handles under finding arizona podcast last but not least if you want to become a pa- patreon supporter you can go do so at patreon.com slash finding arizona podcast in return we will give you some bonus content there is a uh, slew of bonus content for you to become super fans of us and uh now we move on to my favorite part of the intro which is the community cork board i always love doing this so please a lot of things have been changing the governor has put out a a new order for those with full vaccinations that can move freely without face masks so a lot of updates and events are changing Uh, so i hope that you guys stay tuned with us because we're going to try and fill you in as those things are approaching Uh, so always send us a line at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com I will shout you out like the following events. We have one that I'm very excited for because I am a fan of luchadors, uh, wrestling, and just all around, just like that sort of stuff. And that highlights uh, just wrestling in general. So there's going to be a luchador, uh, Lucha Summerfest uh, is going to be taking place May Saturday, May 15th. You can go check it out. Uh, go look it up at Lucha Summerfest. And then next up would be something that Brittany's into. There's going to be a Barbie pop-up truck that's rolling into Arizona. Yes, I said it, a Barbie pop-up truck. Uh, It's taking place Saturday, May 15th down in Tucson. Then it's going to Saturday, May 29th to Glendale. And then Saturday, June 5th in Gilbert. There are going to be a lot of new updates coming to that uh, event as it moves along the Arizona uh, area. And we hope that you guys enjoy this fun little pop up. It's a certified Barbie materials, a Barbie branded item. So if you guys are interested, go check it out. Go look it up. And last but not least, uh, there are a lot of things going to be changing with uh, the you know, quarantine coming down and the face mask coming off. One in particular is being the pool season. Yes, some of the local pool areas are going to be are going to be opening up. So we hope that you guys stay updated on those pool hours. Um, some of the ones that I can give you a heads up on Arrowhead Pool, Desert Oasis Aquatic Center, Folly Pool, Hamilton Aquatic Center, Mesquite Groves Aquatic Center, uh, Gilbert, Greenfield, uh, uh, Mesquite Aquatic Center, Perry Pool, Williamsfield Pool, some of the Glendale Pools, uh, Foot Foothills Aquatic Center, Rose Lane Aquatics, Goodyear, Goodyear Swimming, Litchfield Park, Litchfield Recreational Center. uh, There's so many more guys. There's just so many. We hope that you guys understand as the pool season uh, gets closer and closer, gets warmer and warmer out there. Please, please, please pay attention to your little ones. I am uh, very much a new father. So that's the one thing that scares me. I'm teaching little man how to swim every like we try our best to like you know teach him how to float and kick but i assure you guys 
If you don't do anything, just at least keep an eye on your little ones around the pool. It is one of the scariest things to hear those uh, news broadcasts come up and um, you know, things are hard, things are tough, but I know that uh, one, that's one thing that we can do is just look out for the little ones. Um, that concludes our community court board. We hope that you guys enjoy all the events going on in your local neighborhood. And that concludes our intro for this episode. <clears throat> we hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Danny Brown of Myriad at My Home Group. We catch you on the next one. And I'm just going to go and start welcoming everybody and just say hey. And uh, I'm first going to address the live stream right now. Wait, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I just want to say hello to everyone following us on the YouTube live stream. Uh, this is my dear friend, Danny Brown, and uh, we're going to just kind of he's helping me out here. We're going to test the live stream, but also we're going to catch up with him for a little bit. So I'm just going to go ahead and just kick it off. Welcome, everybody, back to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in special guests every week. And today we have a returning guest, Danny Brown of uh, Myriad at My Home Group. That's right. How you doing, Jose? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm doing good. We're, good. We're catching up behind the scenes and just kind of going over a lot of things and just kind of like talking about what you've been through and what has been going new with you and what's been going new with me. So uh, let's just kind of throw everyone else into the conversation, just kind of go into that conversation. Um, you know, the thing that has changed or affected all of us is the the um, pandemic and in different uh, kind of categories, whether sure. that's in your job, your personal life, in all sorts of manner. Um I ask this question of everyone is, can you give us kind of a lowdown of what you've been through and kind of um, how you and your family has kind of gone through this pandemic, you know, where you guys are at now and just kind of how things have been? Yeah, you know, um, I think you're right. I think the pandemic has hit everybody in, in very different ways. I feel extremely fortunate that yeah. my family, most of my close circle of friends, my business, everybody seemed to get through it, you know, yeah. knock on wood that that continues, yeah. um, without any problems. My grandma got COVID and was, was, you know, off and on, uh, yeah. sick for a little bit, but okay. she came through and is no worse for wear. Uh, so I feel extremely fortunate that, you know, no one close to me was drastically affected yeah. in a negative way, health wise by, by COVID. Um, so you know, for that, I'm, I'm extremely thankful. Good. Um, I will say when, when the quarantine first hit and like all of this was starting, I freaked out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I run a small business and so I was, uh, very scared of what the future was going to look like because none of us knew, like none of us have gone through them shutting the entire economy down yeah. and making everything closed. And so, again, I relied on friends and contacts, so I was able to qualify for PPP. Awesome. Um, for financing help uh, to get through things in the beginning. Yeah. Um, emotionally, I did not handle the quarantine very well. <laughs> what happened um, there? Well, you know, you go for... I'm very social. I love interacting yeah. with people. Yeah. And I'm also big into fitness, and I love going to the gym. Yeah. I love my routine. You know, my wife thinks I'm nuts, but I'm, I'm very methodical in terms of what I do. Sure. And when I get thrown out of that, 
I'm just not the same person. And so the quarantine hit and everything was closed, including my gym. So we were staying up later, probably drinking more often, you know, during the week. And I just didn't feel like myself. Gotcha. Um, So it was about that lasted for maybe two weeks before I just got sick of it. I was like, okay, I am done drinking during the week. I am not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm getting back to my routine. So I started working out at home uh, at the same time that I would if I was going to the gym. And I just forced myself into the habits that I had created. Sure. And it totally changed my feeling. My, my personality came back. I was happy again. And I, I got into a rhythm yeah. that really helped me kind of get through that initial shutdown uh that took place yeah i mean there's there's all sorts of like for me it was you know just kind of getting into this weird habit of like okay i have uh this time at home that i'm not used to what do i do in kind of like because you're you're kind of deviating from your normal work hours you're kind of like okay well what do i do with this extra time or how do i spend this extra time and for some there were like those who you know really filled that gap in with things that they wanted to learn and those who were just like i felt like three categories what you wanted to learn what you needed to fill with your business like you know fill in what you needed to do and then those who just kind of went off the rails so to speak (laughs) so you said i went off the rails (laughs) went off the rails a little bit but it's like you know it just depends on the person though. It just really does depend on the person. Yeah. And like you said, for you, it's those methodical habits that kind of continue and they're healthy habits because you're, you're living a healthy life because of them. Um, once they're thrown off, they're kind of put you, the individual in this weird, weird mood or weird situation in that time. So how did you like, so where was the like, aha like i have to get back to the to the methodical period it was after about two weeks of sleeping later you know not working out and just kind of and it wasn't like i was drinking a lot but it was having you know three glasses of wine or you know having some tequila like consistently through the week (laughs) instead of you know at the end of the week or on a weekend or whatever yeah um and so it just a couple of weeks into it, I just, I made that conscious decision that, okay, we're going to start eating better again, sure, yeah. you know, and I, and I'm going to get back into working out the way and living the way I want to, sure, yeah. um, despite everything being closed. And, you know, for any, anybody out there that was, that is big into fitness, I'm sure that they had a hell of a time finding stuff for sale. Oh yeah. And those people that were selling stuff were gouging people left and right. So my gym did an amazing thing. It's a CrossFit gym and really big on community. Mm -hmm. They cut the dues in half Nice. and would allow you to come in and check out equipment. So the highlight of my week was honestly getting to go to the gym and see people. Yeah, because everybody was just stuck at home, you know, with, you know, some people were by themselves with their family, whatever. But this was like my social hour to go and return the gym equipment and pick up new stuff <laughs> and, say and, hi see to people. Yeah, and see people and yeah, <laughs> and have some sort of interaction, even though it was just maybe an hour. Yeah. And so that, that was like the highlight of my week. <laughs> you <laughs> now, know, you're talking about like massive, like, um, you're talking about like the racks and everything like the oh, that, that? that sounded nasty. Uh, I, one of the springs just like oh. clung. <laughs> Anywho, uh, 
Dude, are you talking like the whole like? It was just it was like dumbbells or barbells. Uh, You could come and just check out some basic equipment. So and then they would do programming that was kind of generic, and it was like, okay, well, if you have kettlebells, do this. If you have dumbbells, so they still did some programming, and so they made you know fitness part of uh, to try and help everybody get through the quarantine. Yeah, Um, and then after about I don't know a month and a half, I realized. I don't like working at home. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. For I sure. like going somewhere. I like having that separation. Mm-hmm. So about a month and a half into it, the quarantine was still going on, but I made the conscious decision. I'm just going to go back to the office. Yeah. There's no one in the building. Yeah. I can at least get out of my house and go somewhere where I can separate my home and my work life. Gotcha. And at work, I can do work stuff. And then at home, I'm home and and just cut it off. So I realized I'm not the type of person who enjoys mixing the two. I didn't like working from home. I was kind of curious. I was like, I was waiting for you to say, like, I started building my next, like, gym and studio in my back, <laughs> in the back of the house. And we started. Like, I did start collecting, like, gym stuff. I mean, okay. uh, yeah. So, nice. I, yeah. So I, I did, like, you know, start procuring my own things that so that sure. I could work out at home yeah. uh, uh, in the future. So now I do have a rack and my own yeah. uh, set of equipment. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, for me, it was like, you know, um, we, I made the conscious decision of like, okay, I'm going to reinvest in the podcast and kind of more focus on different items that we've really wanted to, you know, expand on the ideas. Um, so that was kind of like my first inclination of like, okay, this is how I'm going to feel or adjust the time period of like having more free time. And so, you know, we've done it and I feel like we've really, I've learned a lot and Brittany's learned a lot and we've, you know, again, we're both new parents. So we're still learning a lot too. And at the same time, all of the pandemic going on, we're like having, you know, these talks about being parents and she was pregnant at the time and we both got COVID like midway through her pregnancy. And so like, scary. Yeah. It was a scary moment there. And so it's like all these things kind of like you're do you're, you're spinning plates essentially. And you're like making sure that you're like, okay, I got to make sure work's going, the bills are going like, and it's, it, it was just really, a, uh, for me, it was like, a, I want to say a fun, scary time, fun, scary. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about having, you know, being a dad. Yeah. He's great. Like Atlas has grown leaps and bounds for me as a father. I'm like, wow, I cannot believe I'm here. I cannot believe we're doing this. I cannot believe he's, um, you know, reacting to whatever I do with him. Um, all of these moments where we were just like taking it in. The first time he giggled or like first time he smiled at us was like bliss for both of us because we had never seen him do that. And so for parents, it's like, oh my God, like he learned something new. It's an achievement. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're just like, ticking off little things like i'm trying to tick off little things like okay uh you know he, he lifted his head up tick yeah uh, you know he took his first like uh baby step with me tick and you know that was kind of like fun all those things with me uh but again there's still hard times he cries when he wants attention and those tough times is where i feel like i'm learning patience or i feel sure. like i'm learning um love and a an adoration for another creature, another person that, you know, I couldn't or wouldn't change for the world. I feel I've had quite a few friends recently who have had kids yeah. over the last year because we're kind of at that age where, where it's happening. And it seems like being, you know, 
being at home more mm-hmm. because of COVID has probably, I don't know, in some cases, gi- given you certain time with your 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 son yeah. that if COVID hadn't happened, that maybe you wouldn't have, have gotten. Agreed. Because everybody would still be, you know, going to the office and mm-hmm. business as usual. Absolutely. So it, it, it seems to me, you know, while obviously we all wish COVID didn't happen, there's always silver linings to be had. Mm-hmm. And more time with your family is probably one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't have any kids yet, just married. And so if I had a, a kid, maybe working from home during that time would have been, been yeah. different than just being trapped in a room by myself for yeah. eight, nine hours a day. I, I agree. I, I feel like, you know, if, if you look at the perspective of what, a, I guess, traditional in the sense that, like, if you look at my dad, the way that he raised me and my brother you know his paradigm was you know i have to work um you know we have to support this family uh right now this child is too small my you know i'm the only one that has a concrete job and so i will work and you know mom will will take care of for me it was like well we have this time i have i'm working from home already Brit's got to go back because she's essential, essential worker. So, you know, we had the conversation. It was like, it makes more sense. You know, I have the ability to work from home. I have um, opportunities to do other things from home as well. So it made sense for us. And this is kind of like a story that kind of expands through our whole relationship. You know, just things making sense and fitting into place when we needed to. So moving in together buying our first home, um, getting married, and then having a kid. And, you know, all of these things, for some reason, the way it worked out for us, it just made sense when when it came down to making a decision, a concrete decision of like, okay, if this is the decision, which one of us is going to stay home? The universe is saying, Jose, you can work from home. You have the ability. You should be the one that works from home. That's kind of like how we've kind of been through our relationship and through this COVID, we kind of listened to that and work, you know, follow the rhythm of that. So that's, uh, that's good that you're that perceptive and, and you guys have the ability to be aware mm-hmm. and, and listen to what the universe is telling you yeah. and kind of just go with it. Yeah. It's, it's been very helpful, but also it's like, a, it's also at the same time kind of been a, a, a real kick in the butt for me because, you know, I'm a one that drags my feet and I'm kind of the one who is indecisive. So I'm, you know, always the one that's like, ah, and then when it comes down to shit or get off the pot time, it's, you know, I always come back to, okay, well, what's everything telling me? What's everything around me trying to say to me mm-hmm. what to do? And, a lot of the times it yeah it the universe kind of just says this is the decision um so yeah i've been very very lucky in that part um one of the other things i kind of want to talk to you and we talked off air about is yourself being a new homeowner in the sense that you bought a brand new home and as someone who has you know basically lived their career in the market and doing this as a living what are some of the things that differentiate you buying a home versus someone who's new to the whole spiel? I'd like to say that it was a breeze and super easy, but <laughs> boy, um, 
it, it reminded me, it gave me a lot more empathy okay. for realizing what my clients are going through. Awesome. Um, because I was a big ball of stress. I was super anxious and that's not me. Like yeah. I am super laid back. It takes a lot to stress me out. Yeah. I'm not an anxious person. And this made me really anxious. Wow. Um, I had, you know, some nights trouble sleeping and it, it was just, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to sell a home that you're in and buy the next one, especially in this market. For sure. Um, you know, my wife, you know, bless her. She didn't make it any easier. Uh, <laughs> she hated, hated having people come through our house. Um, and, you know, she was working from home and I was at the office. Yeah. And I just like, we, we have to sell. Like, I, I do not want to carry two mortgages. Mm -hmm. It really stresses me out thinking of the financial burden to have to carry two mortgages. Yeah. We're in a fortunate position that if we had to, we could have. Yeah. But I don't want to. Like, I want to get this, I'm going to feel a lot better when this is under contract and we're under contract to buy this one and we can just check these boxes off. And, and, and I know that there, you know, there's an end there's to a all of this. Yeah, there's yes. a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and so it, it was incredibly stressful. Um, and it just gave me a, a whole new level of patience and, and really, again, empathy. I've used that word several times. Yeah. And I think it's made me better when I'm speaking with, clients mm. because now I have it not more knowledge because I've, I've, I've this is my third home that mm. I've owned yeah um, but it's the it's the probably the first one truly as a, a, a more well-rounded mature adult sure I yeah. guess I like that you know um, so I'm more aware okay um, of what my clients are going through and so I can speak to it a little bit more and yeah. My entire career and the way that I talk to my employees, uh, not my employees, but um, our clients mm -hmm. is through anecdotes and stories mm -hmm. yeah. and try to give them advice based on what I've been through, what other clients are going through. Yeah. And the, the response to that has been extremely positive. Um, I think that a, people get a lot more out of telling stories mm -hmm. and letting them realize that they're not going through something that's super unique that yeah. others are sharing in those experiences and you aren't alone. Um, and, and so having going through that experience, doing it through COVID mm -hmm. doing it through one of the most insane real estate markets in history, like Absolutely. what we're going through has never, ever happened before yeah. uh, in the real estate market. And so having navigated that myself and getting my family through it just gives me, I think a little bit more credibility too yeah. when I'm talking to clients. Good. I love that. I mean, it makes sense that in, in a world where the professionals are doing this day in and day out, the fact that you can still feel and like feel those nervous moments of like, like your clients would and take those and run with the, the, the empathy that, comes with it um it just shows like that you care like i feel like that shows that you care you still have that feeling of like it gives you thrills that what you're doing affects other people and in turn gives you purpose in life and so like that to me shows that there's still 
heart blood pounding inside of you and you're, you you care. And so that, that means a lot to me. The other thing too is like, I just know from a standpoint of like professional, like people pros who do what they do when they have to be on the other side of the ball, it just, there's nervous, like they're always going to have ticks and nervousness because they're not in control. They're not in the, in the driver's seat, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so it's like, yeah, I, over, I was like, well, I wonder what Danny would like, what's he like when he's pulling his hair out on making a decision or doing, you know, making that choice. Because uh, for us, it was like that. It was like definitely like a roller coaster up and down and up and down and up and down. And we were like, I don't know if we're going to get this house. We don't know if it's going to it's going to work. What's going to hap- happen after, you know, all these decisions. And it was just like once we were here and had the keys, it was like that was the moment where we were like, you can finally relax yeah yeah and then you got to move all your crap yeah then you realize you have to move (laughs) yeah Yeah, which is the worst part i hate moving (laughs) yeah and now that you have like your your two houses going into one it's like now you have to decide this is a real moment of love and relationships is deciding what stays and what goes (laughs) (laughs) well so you know we we because we lived together before yeah so we had already kind of combined furniture but when we went from the house that we were in to the house that we're in now, okay. we realized that all of the furniture that we had doesn't match the house. Yep. And start fresh. You got to start fresh. Yep. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just like hemorrhaging money, <laughs> you know? Because it's like, oh, well, our bedroom furniture doesn't fit this room now. There goes now. my and, leg. Yeah. And there yeah. goes my arm. <laughs> and so, there goes. <laughs> and ordering anything during covid oh, is a nightmare and, you might and this as well is, wait till two months three months down the road so <laughs> these are all very much first world problems and in the grand scheme of things are yeah. not problems at all but you know everybody it, you know it, it's still an issue yeah we like for example we ordered a couch in january and it's not scheduled to be delivered until july that's that's a very that's a very interesting way of going about things right you yeah, know exactly and, and so and like we we got all we our old master bedroom set is doesn't fit in our new master so we had him set it up in a guest room and uh, ordered a new set so we have yet we closed in January so we have yet to sleep in our master bedroom we're sleeping in a guest room gotcha. because so it's just you know some of those things like we aren't really settled yet yeah and it really does take a lot of time mm-hmm. but I love the home. It's fantastic. It's really setting us up because we do want to have a family. Yeah. So that's why we got this home. I'm ready to have the torch passed for my parents who would do all the entertaining. So we'd go over there for Christmas and Thanksgiving because they had the space. Well, now, like, I'm ready to kind of take that responsibility on. Nice. Um, It's taken me. I've realized it's taken me a long time to grow up. I turned 40 this year. and, And... I was talking, it was my brother's birthday this last week and we went out for brunch and we were talking about when my parents were turning 40, they had over the hill parties, which I feel like that's not a thing anymore. It's not a thing. Yeah. And when my parents turned 40, I was like 12 or 13. I couldn't imagine having a 12 or 13 year old. Like that's going in, you know, almost high school. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I it, it blew my mind thinking about having a teenager right now when I don't even feel like sometimes I can take yeah, care of myself. Yeah, exactly. Like I finally feel like I'm, I'm growing up and I'm yeah. 
just I'm, about to turn 40. We're going to I'm going to be 32 and like it, it I look at like I look at my son and I'm like I am so hey. I'm so like amazed that like I'm able to have the fortitude as an adult to like understand what it takes to like you know takes money to you know put diapers on and put a roof over his like you know i'm not if i was 20 like i don't think this that relationship of like understanding like he needs me like he needs me in that sense um but yeah it's like that 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 over like i don't feel like we are at that generation where we're throwing over the hill parties at 40 we i feel like there's still a lot of kicking is is it weird that do you feel like an adult i I, so maybe when you have a kid like something switches and since i don't have kids but i'm again i'm about to turn 40 and i still don't feel like (laughs) i'm an adult i still like watching cartoons i do too (laughs) i know no honestly like the here's the thing i don't feel like a full adult but in a sense like i just really enjoy the the time that i'm having you know being still a kid and having a a kid to like kind of you know enjoy those things together um one of the other things too is when you brought up the birthday party i remember specifically at like an early age so my parents had me young and i was like nine or ten i remember my dad having a full-on race like a full-on sprint race down the down a streetway where we used to live with another 30 something year old like a full-on sprint race and one of them fell and like all of us thought they were that one that fell like was gonna die like we were just like (laughs) holy moly like we I can't believe you first did the full on sprint and the fact that you went all out that you almost fell and and broke your hip or something like that <laughs> and we still talk about it today because it's like one of those things that you just remember off just the, sticks in your yeah, mind sticks in your mind yeah. it's like two grown adult men going for a full on sprint when they have at the time my dad had me and my brother and like I think his buddy that he raced was like he had uh, two kids or three kids of his own at the time and I'm like. Yeah, two guys with two kids like going on a full-on dad race down a down a streetway. It just doesn't get you know those things you can't forget. Right, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I it really clicked with me. This I have a ton of respect for my parents because they're both they both ran their own businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both entrepreneurs. My mom worked from home before yeah. it was cool. Yeah, and you know raised me and my brother. Nice, and they had us in their 20s same and so i you know while i don't feel like an adult at 40 (laughs) they were forced to grow up at a really young young age um so yeah it just it really clicked that just so much respect Mm -hmm. for because i only just now feel like i could potentially handle taking care of a kid yeah a kid yeah uh, uh, handle like him being at the house and doing all the things with him yeah definitely like that's took took me probably until when he was born and i was like okay like he's not like i can do this like and it just like day after day of actually doing it made me feel more and more confident that i could so yeah i'm still kind of working on balancing time and like you know that stuff but it's like it's 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 heading in the right direction i feel like so uh I'm just so amazed that you have had the kind of kind of steady lifespan. Like, you know, you like you said, you're on your third house. So it's like 
you're, you're married. You're on your third year, you said? Yeah, just, our three-year anniversary is this month. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, you have this steady pattern with you. Like, it, it's just calming to, like, know it's like someone like yourself has this steady pattern, but it's going to be all right. So it's like, <laughs> for me, it was like, you know, we're going all over. The, we're just going with the flow, whatever direction it takes us. But I just like, I like when someone like yourself, it kind of shows like a pattern of like, okay, he's a steady guy that keeps doing these things. And I'm I'm very like... Once you have a kid, I know that's going to it's it's going to keep being that way. You're going to have a kid. It's going to be fun for you. You're going to have like these real great dad moments. I feel it. I really do feel it. <laughs> I rip on some of my friends for they won't show up to the gym as consistent. And they're like, we, we can't wait until you have a kid. Yeah. And rip well, you. And yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll be here. I'm like, shit. Now I got to like back it up if that and, ever happens. Yeah. And then you're a little bit, you're just a little, little bit older. So it's like when you wake up in the morning, it's just a little bit harder to wake up in the morning and just, yeah, no, it's for me, it was like, yeah, when he, the first night that he had like the full on scream, like crying it's like man it was hard to go back to sleep oh like, i bet it was it yeah was the toughest i mean that's part of the reason why we i started collecting some at-home gym equipment because i know that there's going to be some inconsistency there but at least i could hopefully squeeze in a good you know 30 yeah. minutes or so at, at home do you have a dedicated space yet or like with the new house uh not yet you know it's in our garage okay um so I think, you know, one of the plans that we have is to make a dedicated space. Nice. Um, you know, we we went from um, a relatively smaller lot to we're almost on half an acre now. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. So uh, uh, nice big yard. Yeah. And we've got space on either side of us. And yeah. so on one space, I think we're going to eventually build um, like an, a, a shed almost, nice. but kind of attached to the house. Okay. Um, and have part of that be a, a gym. Oh, nice. That's yeah, be that's a, a plan. Yeah, that's We'll see if sweet. it comes to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that it does come to fruition. The other thing that we have to get into, because we talked a lot about your personal life, the other thing we got to talk about is the business side. Because when we sure. did discuss off air is kind of your whole year last year leading up into this year, things have been steadily going up. And things that we talked about you is that the market has been so volatile in that sense for the past couple of months, even going into last year. Um, A, how did you, I guess my question is not how skillfully did you get through it, but it's like, where were some of the harder parts to getting through it? And then the other aspect of it is how, how did you guys pivot the whole ship together? You know, so it's it's really strange with COVID. I don't know if you're familiar with the term K-shaped recovery. Mm -mm. So a lot of economists talk about this K-shaped recovery. And okay. so, you know, the market crashed, the economy crashed, and then things started to go up yeah. or went down. Mm -hmm. And so it just, depended on what, just depends on what side of the coin you're on, okay. you know, what business you're in. And yeah. so I feel, again, extremely fortunate that real estate was on the part that was going up, okay. you know, so part of the upper part of the K. Uh, so, you know, when, when COVID first hit, nobody really knew what was going to happen. But, you know, so an example of downward would be gyms, yeah. um, restaurants, bars, all those things If they probably just had their worst year they've ever had. Yeah. Where a lot of real estate companies, just a lot of companies in general, 
you either had your best year you've ever had or you had your worst year you ever had. There was not a lot of in between. Yeah. Um, so again, I feel extremely fortunate that real estate was on the upward trend of that. With that being said, it was no picnic and it still isn't. It's extremely difficult to navigate. And I got my real estate license in 07 when the world was falling apart. And this market is harder to navigate than that market. Really? That market at least made sense what was going on. There was a reason. This market makes zero sense. Um, in, in what homes are selling for demand is extremely high. Yeah. Supply is extremely low. I have my educated guesses, my, my reasons why I think things are happening the way that, that they are, mm-hmm. but nobody, you know, knows for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And nobody knows what the future is going to look like. So we can, you know, make educated guesses and predictions. Yeah. Um, so you know, for us, 2020 was the best year we've ever had. Um, and it, you know, I didn't do it alone. I've got a, an amazing team and a really solid foundation um, that all pulled together. Yeah. And really worked hard to communicate, stay in touch and be there for our clients. Awesome. So we never really missed a beat, even when everything got shut down. Yeah. Um, we just consistently were there for our clients. We pivoted and changed our message that we were putting out okay. and started putting out news around the economy, news around what was going on with COVID, and just try to be a resource for people. Good. Um, I and do then, remember that period. Yeah, yeah, and we started spotlighting smaller businesses, um, which we still do yeah. in our e-newsletter to try and bring attention to to that, yeah. to, to other um businesses that we like, um, throughout Phoenix. So it was always local. Okay. Um, so we just, we tried to pivot our message and yeah. just be a resource for people during, during that time and still hopefully are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, then as the market kind of continued, we were, we, we had a crisis of inventory all of last year and that was, you know, the number of listings on the market you know, this time last year was probably around twelve or thirteen thousand. Today it's three to four thousand. Okay. So the number of homes available for sale has gotten worse. And there's no signs of it getting better. Yeah. And so when you've got so little inventory, so little available for people to purchase, and you've got people moving to Phoenix, again, Maricopa County was the fastest growing county in the country like the fifth or sixth year in a row. Yeah. And we're always in the top, you know, couple of spots just in general. You know, you've got this mass exodus from California, lots of people from Washington. You've got all the people that always move here from the Midwest to mm-hmm. escape the cold. Lots of manufacturing businesses going into South Phoenix and, and the Southwest um, part of the Valley. Yeah. I think as weird as this sounds, that COVID has been good for Phoenix in a way in that it took us from this second tier kind of city to really putting us into that top tier of cities in terms of industry. You know, the, one of the fastest growing wage segments in the country is tech in Phoenix. That's what I was going to ask you next is what, as we start to inject that tech resource and that tech financial area i mean we've all heard it like through news broadcasts you know microsoft investing in land out here um other tech 
uh, you know, Czech chips, Intel, that and all that. Taiwanese company that, just yeah. bought a ton of land and is building a huge um, chip plant chip in plant, the yeah. in the northwest part of the valley. Yeah, so, so it's like as these things start to become more prevalent and more in demand, like essentially just starting off and starting the factories from the ground floor. What do you suspect is going to flourish from those moments? I mean, do you see more family oriented housing or do you see more of these apartment style kind of, um, you know, uh, multi-level height homes and kind of compact areas? Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a mix of both. Um, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. If you're a local, it's living in Phoenix is just getting more expensive. Mm -hmm. I got gas the other day and I was like, this is the most expensive gas I've ever gotten in Phoenix. This is like California pricing. Yeah. Um, so I think with the rise of Phoenix on the national stage and, and to a lesser extent, the international stage, I think Phoenix is just going to become a more expensive city just in general, yeah. unfortunately, which takes away one of the beauty, uh, beautiful parts of Phoenix, which was always our cost of living yeah. is low. You know, it's a very affordable city. And I, and, and I think that that is starting to trend in the, in the wrong direction and yeah. becoming more expensive. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that part of that is is COVID related with our supply chains just being all sorts of jacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in terms of building, building has just gotten really hard across the board. There's shortages of lumber. Mm-hmm. You know that affects multi housing and single family homes. Yep. Now there's shortages of concrete. Um, the cost of commodities is getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's things like aluminum and copper. Um, these are all things that we need for our infrastructure and for building that's just gotten more expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's affecting all sectors. Yeah. Housing being one of the really big ones. Um, so I think in order to support the, the people that are moving here, you are going to see a mix of high density multifamily. Yeah. But then you're also going to see lots of master plan communities one of the things that I think Phoenix has always been relatively good at is building these communities where you really don't need to leave your five mile bubble. Yeah. You know, you've got your grocery stores, you've got your entertainment, you've got your food mm-hmm. and, you know, outside of maybe going to like Gamage or downtown for a game, you really don't ever have to leave your, your little area. five mile radius because yeah. everything's right there. Um, so I, I hope that that continues. Um, you know, I think that the Valley is going to continue to get pushed out West Okay. Um, so I think the West side is, is going to continue to grow. And I think the experts know that, which is why you've got the 303, mm-hmm. you know, you finally got the 202 connecting. So I see all of South Phoenix really yeah. flir- continuing to flourish. Um, and- do, you, do you find yourself having to go trek out that direction oh, all for the time. new housing and listings and things like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. That's why we, we, you know, we put our office in central Phoenix because we service clients in Santan Valley. Yeah. But we also service clients in Buckeye and Surprise and New River and North Scott. So we really, we cater uh, to the whole valley, to almost all of Maricopa County and then the northern parts of Pinal County. Nice. Okay. And I've always wanted to grow my business and help my network and my friends and friends of friends. Yeah. And so when you do that and you don't specialize in a certain neighborhood, it kind of takes you everywhere because people aren't 
just looking just for... looking in this little bubble sure um so with my expertise on phoenix having grown up here and then my experience when i first got into real estate you give me five minutes and a laptop and i can do a an analysis of a neighborhood and nice. tell you, you know, the ins and outs of it. So, okay. you know, it's not rocket science. It's yeah. just having familiarity of what to look for and how to do the research. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, that's kind of why we cover as much ground as we do. That's, that'll lead me into my next question is why choose the area that you chose for your third home and this half acre kind of Northern Phoenix area. So, for us to move, we loved our house. It was a mid-century home. It was designed and built by Ralph Haver. Oh, so nice. very Palm Springs, kind of edgy. Yeah. And it took us a year to find that house. Wow. I'm super picky, which I think helps me in my business because I've never met anyone who's yeah. as picky as I am when it comes to looking for homes. Okay. So I'm extremely patient. Yeah. I've had clients where it takes them, you know, over a year to find a home. Nice. Yeah. And which is fine. Yeah. I mean, it needs to check as many boxes as possible Absolutely. and you're spending a ton of money, whether you're buying at the very bottom of the market or the top, it's a lot of money, no matter what. Yeah. So you should get what you want. Yeah. Um, within reason, of course, <laughs> you can't have everything, but, um, you know, so for us, for me to move, I had always either wanted to be in the central corridor because mm. I love the big trees, the bigger lots. Yeah. The green. I, love, I love the bigger trees. Yeah. The yeah. flood irrigation is, is i mean that's that's that area <laughs> yeah or uh 85254 i really like that it's it's a, a scottsdale address um mm -hmm. and scottsdale zip code but it's a phoenix it's phoenix taxes yeah okay that area is going through a ton of development and a lot of homes are being remodeled and okay. i think they're super cool houses nice. also on big lots uh, the challenge that we had with our, our home is that my wife and I like to cook together and our kitchen was relatively small. So okay. we would always run into each other. That's the, the, for some mid-century homes, isn't that kind of like the downfall of the kitchen area? Yeah. Yeah. Just a different time. I yeah. mean, when it was built in those homes, you got to imagine in the fifties and sixties, it was usually the woman in the kitchen yeah. making, you know, it was, it was done well to where it wasn't so compartmentalized mm -hmm. where the kitchen was enclosed or anything like that, but it was a tight kitchen. Yeah. And then of course, for my wife, our master bathroom was a little on the small side and she wanted a bigger closet. Oh, I keep hearing it. Yeah. Oh, don't I hear it every day? <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's, it's like one of those like to do list in the back of your head. That's like the lat, like a hundred thing last is like, Build bigger closet yeah, and right? bathroom. Yeah, yeah. they can never be big enough. Is really what I figured out. Yeah. Even like the massive closets, and it's still not big enough. So, uh, and and honestly, we had given up. Yeah, looking for a home. We we had been looking for about eight months and just couldn't find anything that really checked enough of our boxes. So we were we were going to go through and kind of start remodeling our place and okay. try to do the best we could with what we had. Yeah. And so we had everybody hired um, and we even started do, uh, working on our backyard. Our wow. pool was ripped apart. We wow. were in the process of resurfacing it. Oh. And then the week of Christmas, the house hit the market and we both got emails. We're like, do you want to go look at it? I was like, yeah, let's go look at it. So okay. we went and we looked at it on a Saturday. Yeah. And then we went back for a second time on Sunday. I'm like, let's take a swing at it and see what happens. So mm -hmm. we did, and they accepted our uh, Monday came, and they accepted our offer. And I was nice. like, well, I guess we're 
canceling a bunch of contractors. And so we made a bunch of phone calls. We were already, you know, too involved in the pool. So we had to finish that. Um, but we canceled everything else. Um, and, and then, you know, ended up closing on the house. Um, and we, we love it. We love the neighborhood. I'm two blocks North of, uh, my best friend and the best oh, man for cool. my wedding. And, and he's got a young son who's celebrating his one year birthday this weekend. So nice. it's been really nice to just kind of walk down the street and they can Heck come yeah. over and we can see them. Um, I love that. I love when you're close to like, so my family is like within like 10 minutes or 20 minutes of drive. Like my parents are 20 and my brother is, uh, or used to be 10 minutes. He moved just recently. Um, but it's like one of those things. It's like, I love having that like you know just come over come over and hang out we'll we'll put barbecue on or something you know whatever um that to me is like like that that is more essential and being in that area where that can happen is like that's why it's like like living here is again it's like 10 minutes 20 minutes to everything where in reason to like you know my family or to something that we want to go to like gamage like you said or go to you know catch a flight to you know phoenix harbor things like that it's like it's pretty easy all the way around here. you got you got to like where you live yeah you know and um we would go for walks in our old home and you know we enjoyed it mm-hmm. but th- there's something different about this neighborhood because there's a lot of people going for walks yeah and a lot of families you know pushing strollers and kids and people walking dogs it's a very Phoenix is always super hit or miss on neighborhoods. Yeah. Either you've got a neighborhood where everybody is out mm-hmm. and communicating, yeah. or you're in a neighborhood where people just pull into their driveway and go right into right in their, their garage, house. close it, and you don't know your neighbors. Yeah, I hate those. Me too. And and, and it's hard to know what type of neighborhood mm-hmm. you're moving into. And I, we really like. Like we knew what we were getting into because because yeah. my friend had lived there for over a year cool. and you know so we knew what this neighborhood was going to be like yeah. and so we we've really liked that it's the type of neighborhood where everybody waves good you good, know good, so good. it's um we're we're excited to hopefully have a family in this area and this is I feel again I feel incredibly lucky that I'm on my third home and it, this is. This is probably the home that we'll be in for the next 15 to 20 years. It's that type of home for us that if it's just the two of us, it's ridiculous. We should not live there. But if we have a family, then it makes sense, you know, and so that's that's the whole idea. We definitely put the cart before the horse, but we saw the opportunity. Yeah, I saw the lot. The kitchen is great for us to cook in. I could literally do cartwheels in our kitchen and not hit. (laughs) Anything, That's awesome. I love it. You know, so so there's that much space, and we've both got separate his and her closets. You have and, a you have a GC that you use a lot. Uh, we, we work with several contractors. Okay, yeah, we'll talk after. Yeah, I'm ta- I'm, I'm, we're talking about getting upgrades for you know doing because I mean again with Atlas. Yeah, wanna, you need he, kids come with a lot of stuff. I hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of toys, a lot of diapers. Yeah, it's it's just kind of it's whirlwind. But you know, as we like again, we always talked about like, for me, I've always wanted to, for some reason, expand this home because it felt like it needed just a little bit more breath mm-hmm. into it. And so I have an idea like to expand. I have plans in my head, and I'd. 
I don't want to do it myself officially all the way through, <laughs> right? But, you know, I would love some help in getting yeah. some people in here. But yeah, it's like, um, you know, that's the type of thing that I love choosing a home when we first, when we first saw like the backyard here and like kind of just pulling up, we were just like, I love it already. Like we were just like into it so much and, you know, being the neighborhood that it is and, um, a lot of the things that it check marked for us specifically, it's just like, we, we have to, we have to try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I oftentimes tell our clients that, you know, it's, they ask me, is it worth it? You know, putting in an offer. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cause the worst thing that will happen is they say no. And you're in the same position that you're in now. Still looking. The best thing that happens is they say yes. And you've got a house. Yeah. Like they're not going to like come and stab you, right? There, <laughs> what there's a, no what a stupid offer. Right. <laughs> there's no risk. I mean, I, I guess disappointment, mm -hmm. but you're just, you're, you're in the same position that you're in now yeah. and you'll not know unless you try. Yeah. Right. And we took a swing and it worked out yeah. and it doesn't in this market. I've had clients that write 15 off plus offers on different homes and they're still looking. Oh, wow. Because it's that competitive. Yeah. But the trick is you just have to keep trying, keep trying, keep yeah. trying and have, I, I preach patience and perseverance. Um, I started using the term uh, rinse, lather, repeat, because you're just doing this <laughs> kind it. of the same thing over yep. and over again. Um, and, and that's just, that's just what it takes is mm -hmm. to, to keep trying, keep trying and yeah. keep trying. I got super lucky. I know that. And I'm super thankful for it. Yeah. Um, I got, I got one for you that, um, you know, you're someone, you know, we talked a lot about residential. Have you gotten into commercial at all? Or no, com why not? Well, it's just a whole different animal. Okay. I like being really good <clears throat> at this. Okay. And then if it's not in my wheelhouse, I'm going to refer it out to somebody that is an expert. Okay. You know, I, I know people that cover, do residential real estate and work here, but then we'll also drive up to Flagstaff or Sholo or, gotcha. you know, Pine. And it's just like, that's not my wheelhouse and if i tried to do that i, I could but i'd be giving bad advice mm -hmm. and i honestly also i don't want to drive up there but <laughs> you know to show homes i'd rather refer it to somebody that yeah that is that knows that business inside and out yeah and is going to give you a very positive experience i'm going to stay in my lane this is what i'm really good at and this is what i'm going to do and this is what i'm going to focus on yeah and i'm going to continue to hone my craft because you you have to be able to pivot and change mm -hmm. in this market because real estate changes you know it shifts yeah and you've got to be able to shift with it and not try i think that if you try to be all things to all people you're going to be mediocre at best sure yeah you know it's you've got to focus on just one thing and be excellent at that one thing. If you want to really rise to the top yeah. and, you know, being in a position that we're in to say no and refer it out to the people that know what they're doing, that's, that's what's in the best interest of the customer. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'll always do. Awesome. I mean, honestly, Danny, like it's just one of those, you're one of those people that I feel like gets it, that gets, not only your customers, but the business at the same time. So it's like there's there's always that level of like for the buyer or for the person, the client, 
it's that level of like, can I trust this person to help me purchase the most expensive thing that I've ever bought in my life? And will this person give me the right information? Um, you know, that, that, you know, we all want to say, yeah, my guy knows everything or my guy, you know, will do that for me. I'm here standing and, and interviewing you and saying, you're someone who not only understands the process, but appreciates every single level of it, whether you're the client, uh, you know, the contractor or someone selling or whatever it may be, you're someone who just genuinely cares at every level that and you want someone to feel special along the way when they are buying this thing that is the most expensive thing in their life. So it's like, to me, yeah, I could say Danny's pro. He knows all, knows it all. I'd rather say no. Danny cares and will give you and treat you the way you want to be treated. At you know, that's that's what I can say about you. Well, I try to enter, you know, I try to preach to my team and, and, you know, we, I run my team very different than any other real estate team that I've ever come across. And I'm part of some higher level networking groups across the country. And I've never come across a team that is built like, like mine. Awesome. Um, and I try to preach to my team and preach to our clients to approach every situation as if you were talking to your mom. And if you were, if your mom was in this situation, because the last person that you want to F over is your mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to give honest and truthful advice yeah. and you're going to explain it in a way that is hopefully not terrifying and in, in, in simple to understand terms to yeah. really break it down. And so when you approach things like that, I, I think that it helps keep you honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and say that we also don't make mistakes because we do, mm-hmm. you know, when you help as many people as you do, your things are going to get missed mm-hmm. and, you know, you try to set up systems to prevent those things from happening. But it's also, I think what really shows who you are is what do you do when that mistake and that adversity hits? Do yeah. you step up and do you own it? And do you do what it takes to make it right? Or do you just, close the book and move on mm-hmm. and just chalk it up as a loss. And, and for us, it's, you know, when we do make an error, when something does happen, we, we own it mm-hmm. and we will do whatever it takes to, to fix it yeah. and make it right by the client. Um, you know, our error rate is super low. Uh, <laughs> we don't make a ton of mistakes, but we're when, human beings yeah. and human beings are fallible creatures and, yeah. you know, um, mess up from time to time. And so sure. when we do, we own it and we try, we do everything within our power to make it right. Um, we're reaching the end here and then kind of want to let the end, um, be a opening for someone in the, in the client position, you know, as you have seen day in and day out, your, your kind of weekly analysis of different areas uh, and the market as it's fluctuating. If someone who is wanting to buy a home in the next year, give us one real gem of advice uh, that someone can either prepare themselves for or have in their back pocket. So I think there's, the first thing you wanna do is have three to six months worth of expenses set aside. I don't think enough people do that you need to have a rainy day fund. Yeah. And before you can even consider buying a home, you need to know what your expenses are 
and set aside three to six months cash in a savings account mm-hmm. that you just always have for just in case. Yeah. Because life will always throw curveballs at you sure. and things will always break. People lose jobs. You need to have that cushion and I don't think enough people do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the first thing that you need to do. Yeah. The second thing when we're talking with buyer clients is I am a big proponent of putting as little money down on a home okay. as you possibly can afford. Really? Yeah. Awesome. And the reason for that is interest rates right now, while they're a little bit higher than what they were a few weeks ago, are still ridiculously low. Hmm. You know, they're hovering around three to three and a quarter percent interest. Okay. And so if you can put down three or five percent and afford to purchase a home with that little money down and then take the money that you would have put down if you were trying to put 10, 15, 20% down and invest it somewhere else, whether it be in the home to make it something that you really love Mm -hmm. and increase the value or invest it into the stock market or invest it into some other asset class that is gonna earn you higher than three to three and a quarter percent interest, should absolutely do that. And we're in an inclining market. So people are always like, well, what about mortgage insurance? Well, what about it? You pay mortgage insurance until you get to 80% loan to value. So okay. that means you're paying your mortgage down right yeah. down to 80%. Okay. And you've got the value of your home in this market is going up. So as you make payments, it goes down yeah. and you've got that equity. So as soon as you hit 80% of, of the value of your home with your loan, you can contact your lender and potentially get rid of that mortgage insurance. Okay. There are some zip codes in Phoenix right now that this year alone have earned over 17% appreciation. So if you bought last year mm. and you put 3% down and you were in one of those zip codes that earned 17% appreciation, you're at your 20% loan to value and get rid of your mortgage insurance. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So don't fall into, you know, I know a lot of people are love Dave Ramsey and, you know, and and he's great for some financial advice, but where I differ from him is in a low rate environment, put as little money down as possible. Okay. Obviously you want to be able to afford your monthly payment, Mm -hmm. but put as little down as as you can. And again, three to six months set aside for a rainy day fund. Those those would be two pieces of advice I would have for, for buyers out there. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danny. I really do appreciate you coming in every time, updating us on everything that's going on in your life and 100%. with the business. Um, again, this is your chance to fill everyone out where they can find you. And uh, I know you have the newsletter and a lot of the things that you have going on behind the scenes is great because I've watched it. I've watched your content for a long time and appreciate it. Uh, so let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, I'm all over the internet. Um, over. You know, if you like my face, it's everywhere. Uh, MyriadAZ.com. I wish I was better looking. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine, man. Uh, MyriadAZ.com is our website. Uh, I've got a podcast, you yes. know, uh, where we do uh, interviews of cool people doing cool stuff in Phoenix. It's called Danny Brown Talks Phoenix. Um, I think our... Our Instagram is, uh, Abigail's going to kill me, MyriadAZ underscore, I think is our I think, Instagram. I think MyriadAZ underscore. underscore. Yes, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have your personal one up on the, on the, I'm sorry I didn't put the Myriad one. Oh, no, that's fine. I, yeah, I got the personal one up there. But yeah, it's like, I um, again, it's like every time you come in here, I learn at least a little bit thing. The appreciation value one, I learned this time. Uh, but again, I'm always learning something from you. And so every time you come in, I'm so excited. Uh, I do appreciate you when you do come in and we talk. So I learn a lot. But before we go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of Finding Arizona Podcast at our website, FindingArizonaPodcast.com. All of our social media handles is Finding Arizona Podcast. So please uh, let us know who you want in next, and then we can set it up for you guys. Uh, last but not least, Patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast is where you go to become a super fan. With that, we say goodnight to all of you watching on the live stream. We thank Danny for coming in, and we thank all of you for listening. We will catch you on the next episode. Good night, y'all.